Welcome back, everyone. It's Wednesday, March 15th, 2023, 1028 in the morning. And this is Sally's Rebuilding America, number 68. It's good to be back with you. I, you know, kind of poked around online and thought, oh, I probably can scrape together enough news to maybe uh, do one of these, you know, because there's absolutely nothing much happening right now. Um, there's a lot happening, obviously, and I thought it would be good to chat about it a little bit and especially take a big picture view. So it's been over a month since we got together. The new website is set up. I briefly took it down and then realized that I was not going to let the haters win and I was going to keep going. I wrote about that. If, you've list if you're listening to this, you've probably already read it, but I wrote about that um, bringing it back up, why I did. And I also recently put up a post about how I'm changing my focus a bit. So I wrote a post called No More Being Measured around here on March 7th, if you want to read that. And then I also put up a post on March 10th called Entheos, the story of now will be told, in which I explain how I've shifted my focus a bit part of the issue is there's just too much going on. When I started doing this, there was enough in the news cycle that it was a lot, but I could keep on top of it. And now it's just impossible. And it's not just me. I've heard other people um, who do podcasts and so on talk about it's just not possible to keep up with all the stories any longer. And so I decided rather than trying to do that, I'm going to um, keep a record of what's going on. So again, I'm, I won't take the time to explain it here, but if you read that post, I'm, I'm more interested right now in setting up, um, markers and important events that happen or things that I notice that I think could be significant and marking those and keeping track of things that way, rather than trying to unravel all the stories. So it might look a bit different in how I'm posting, but that's why I'm moving everything out of the forum. So it will all be in chronological order. For one thing, I want to get rid of the forum software. I don't want to be dependent on it. I'm trying to get rid of being dependent on all of these outside, um, you know, software and plugins and all of this, whether it's free or paid, I still am dependent on other people to keep this information. So for example, I have the video library, which is a neat little tool, but I think I'm going to migrate all of those videos into individual posts um, dated at the time they were made because they'll be part of telling the story. So that's why the forum, I'm you know slowly going through and moving things into posts. The video library, it's the same thing. I'm gonna get rid of that. I want everything in one place where I can tag everything and create basically uh, an online diary of how I interacted with all of this information. So that's why some of the changes. Um, so that's, that's what's going on. Um, a few other, I guess, kind of like little housekeeping things since we haven't chatted in a while. Um, another thing that came up, and I think this is really important, 
Burning Bright said it in something I shared recently, <clears throat> that being awake doesn't mean always being right. And I've been very upfront from the beginning that I don't expect to be right about everything. And I'm always willing to reexamine what I'm thinking. You know, when I started following all this after the 2020 election, there were people I watched and listened to and even shared that I eventually learned, okay, these are not credible people. But the only way you can figure that out is to dig and keep looking and keep listening and figure that out. So I would consider anybody who reads or watches anything that I produce on this website to be awake on some level because otherwise, or to be curious enough to what's going on. But that doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. And, and I'm comfortable with that. And I'm comfortable with changing my mind about things as new information comes out, because we can only interact with what is available. And so I just thought that was an important distinction to make. You know, we're awake. We know something's not right. We can look around us and say, this is insane. And it doesn't mean we're always going to figure it out correctly. We'll get things wrong, but at least we're awake and not sleepwalking through everything that's going on. I also want to um, thank thank the donors. Um, Had a new monthly donor this week. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, If you have turned off your ad blocker, I appreciate that. I, I have decided that I'm just going to do this website and everything is just going to be free. And I, I put the ads back on. I've tried to keep them minimal, but enough that it's worthwhile financially. And there is a donation page. If you'd like to make a one-time or recurring donation, that's an option. And if you honestly can't afford it, then this is here for you. And, and that's fine. And I just trust that the Lord will provide in some way. I never got in this to make money, obviously, or I would have done things very differently, but um, it definitely does help our family. So I've left that option there for those who um, want to help. So that is what's going on with the financial end. Um, Other little things. Okay couple other quick points, and then we'll get into the bigger points. It, it's really shocking to me. <laughs> it really is that I continue to see people say, I cannot believe how incompetent this administration is. If there's just one thing you could get through to people and just ask them, well, do you think it's incompetence or do you think it's deliberate? This is deliberate. If you were trying to take down the United States, what would you do differently? I mean, think about what is normal, okay? However you define normal, whether you define normal as pre-9-11 or pre-2008 financial crash or pre-Obama or pre-Trump, whatever you want to use as your, your normal point of reference. Is anything that's going on normal? I mean, even if you just go back to 2019, We now have people running for president and governor who don't even campaign. Is that normal? You have Biden, you have uh, Katie Hobbs out in Arizona for governor. They did not even bother 
campaigning. Is that normal? Okay, that should be the first tip off that things are not normal. Um, and you could go down the list. So ask, you know, ask yourself, is this normal? However you define normal, not even is it right or moral or legal, just is this normal in our already screwed up world, things are so much more insane. So that is one thing. But, you know, if, if you talk with people and they just, you know, they say, I just can't believe these decisions that they're making, or why would Biden do this? Or why does he walk into these um, press conferences and he reads from the teleprompter and then he turns around and walks out? Is that normal? That's not normal, okay? It's deliberate. And if there's one thing that you can get people to see is that none of this is an accident. It, it is all being done deliberately. You have Katie Hobbs who gets in office illegally in Arizona. And what does she do? She opens the border back up. In what world does that make sense? In what sane world does that make sense? And you start asking yourself these questions and you start pointing these out to people. And so if you have people in your life who just can't grasp what's going on, start with something small. Okay, why, why would they do this? This doesn't even make sense. Sometimes if you can just get them to admit that things don't make sense, that will get them thinking about other things. So that's just a word, a word of advice. Um, so let's talk about being, I forgot to open this, hang on, it's on Twitter. I saw a good tweet yesterday and I can't remember if I liked it or saved it, but it will be easy to find. So I'm just going to pull that out. Um, let's see. Sorry about that. I should have pulled this up and I forgot. Hang on. Or maybe she took it down because now I'm not seeing it. Um, she pointed out, I don't know who it was. It was someone I had never um, seen before, but oh, right here. It's called E. Pierce, Erica Pierce 17. No idea who she is. She said, you have to ask yourselves what a, quote, conspiracy theorist, quote, gains from bringing you these uncomfortable truths. We don't get paid for it. We certainly don't get thanked. We use our own time. We are hated, shouted at, mocked, and alienated. At what stage are you going to ask why? Okay, so the whole conspiracy theorist, it's like the term, calling somebody a racist. Caroline and I had this conversation yesterday. It's just meaningless at this point because it's been so overused. It's the same thing with conspiracy theorists. It's been thrown around so much, it's basically lost all meaning. But you have to ask, people who talk about this stuff, what do we, what do we have to gain from it? We're ostracized, we're um, laughed at, we're alienated from people. What do we gain? We have nothing to gain from this. And yet we continue to talk about these things because we see the truth in them before other people do. And so I just thought that was, you know, it was just a good, um, 
a good observation that she made the whole, you know, being a conspiracy theorist thing. It just doesn't bother me. I just laugh at it now because I've seen too much truth be proved out over time. Um, now, do I think there are weird stories out there? Sure, I do. I don't get on here and espouse everything that's called a conspiracy. But a lot of what's called conspiracy is not conspiracy. It's just truth that people haven't realized. So um, I don't know. I just, I thought that was an interesting take on, you know, what does someone have to gain by by doing all this? And, you know, it, it reminds me of something that Andy Sheckman has said a couple times. And he's the guy who, he's the CEO of Miles Franklin, the precious metals um, guy. He's on a podcast called um, Liberty and Finance every Tuesday night. And I've gotten into the habit of watching him because he talks a lot about bricks. And if you remember, I brought bricks up in the first podcast that I did over a year ago because I knew it was going to be important. And he talks about bricks and he talks about the movement of gold and silver and who's buying. And I find all of that really interesting because it kind of clues me in on what might be happening. So anyways, um, something he said a couple times is he said, you know, there's no benefit in lying to yourself. Because if he said, you know, as a business owner, if I lie to myself, I'm only hurting myself. So he said, you know, I really try to dig and be honest and not, you know, believe things that aren't true because it will only hurt my business. And, and I think that's a valid point. There's no benefit in lying to yourself. There's no benefit in me lying to myself and doing it in front of you. So, um, you know, it's, it's just that idea of constantly backing off, taking the 40,000 foot view, which is where I try to live in terms of seeing how bits and pieces of information fit in and then trying to make sense of it. So for example, when I, and I shared this the other day, when I saw that Peter Thiel had been the one who kind of kicked off the run at Silicon Valley Bank, I immediately screen captured that and sent it to David. And he didn't understand. I had to explain to him why I thought that was important. Well, because he's a Trump ally. And to me, that little piece of information stood out. So, um, you know, I'm trying to find those little things that, that seem to fit into the big picture that I'm trying to assemble. But I still ask myself, you know, might I be wrong? So I, you know, again, could, could we be wrong about Trump? I say we just to include you, whatever your beliefs are, you know, and David and I discussed this again this morning. So it's like, I said, okay, let's play hypotheticals. Um, and we're wrong about Trump. I don't think I am yet, but you either have to believe one, he's working with the deep state. And so we're being, it's like a double lie. He's really working with the World Economic Forum and Hillary Clinton and George Soros and the Bidens and the Clintons and the Obamas and the Bushes. And he's part of that. He's part of that. And he's been sent to deceive us all, but they're really all working together. Okay. That's one possibility. Another possibility is he's just a 
clueless um, liar who is leading people to believe that he's involved with something and he's not and he's duped all these people and he's not actually working with the bad guys but he's also clueless doesn't know what's going on and he's lying to all of his supporters and the third option that we came up with is that he's just evil and, and just a, like a form of an antichrist okay so do any of those three ring true to you based on everything we've looked at and i'm not talking about what the mainstream media reports i'm talking about what we know what we've observed what we see when he speaks the actions that he's um, done do you does it make sense that he would be working with the world economic forum and the clintons and george soros does that ring true to you at all and if they were working together why would they expose themselves when they were so perfectly pulling the strings behind the scenes. That's how they work and have always worked. So why would they expose themselves and wake up tens of millions of people to the truth? That doesn't make any sense. Is he a clueless liar? He's like really stupid and he's just lying to all of his supporters. Does that make sense to you? based on everything we've seen with the executive orders that he rolled out, with all of the moves he made before he left office, um, between the election and, and January 21st or whatever it was, those are not the actions of someone who's clueless. Those are the actions of someone who's executing a plan. Okay, or he's just evil. Does he strike you as evil, like an antichrist? You know, unless he's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Does that ring true? Okay, so none of those things ring true to me because we've seen too much evidence to the contrary. And so I end up back where I've been. I believe he is part of something that's going on. I believe we are watching a really, we're not watching, we're in the midst of, a really epic battle for control and and we are living through a historical event on many fronts so um you know that's why the other day i shared that meme uh and i called it which guy are you the video meme it's nicholas cage and i don't know the other guy's name you know about the normies realizing how bad things are getting and then you know me who knows that it's going to get worse and the guy's laughing and you know it's not that I think it's funny because it's not a lot of what's going on is tragic but and you know I mean we're in our own situations we have clients who haven't paid us we have I mean we have clients who haven't paid us who were billed in January I mean it's not like we're exempt from what's going on you know we've got you know I'm not going to get into things. Anyways, I'm just saying that it's not like none of this is, is impacting us. It is, but it's like you either laugh or cry because, um, I mean, that's the situation we're in. If, if you don't, can't keep your faith and your sense of humor, you're going to end up in a very dark place. And I refuse to go there. So, you know, I can... I can laugh about it. And I did. I burst out laughing when I watched that because I'm confident that there's something going on. It doesn't mean that I think there won't be difficult times ahead because I do. But I think we're living the best timeline 
possible for what's going on. And maybe we can get into that another time. So, um, you know, I've, I've shared things about people's ideas about why did Trump speak positively about the vaccines. I think I've done three different posts on that, three or four. You know, I don't understand every choice that was made. Um, I just know that before he ran for president, he was well-liked by the people who now hate him. Um, he was known as a kind and generous person before he ran for president as a Republican. Everybody wanted to be around him. He did cameos. He did all this kind of stuff. And something changed. And I'm just saying that something changed and this person that everybody liked, all the establishment liked, all of a sudden he is despised and hated and they're fighting him with everything they've got. Well, what changed? What changed? You can think, you know, think that out and decide for yourself. And again, I, I said recently that, you know, I have a, a framework that I'm trying to process all of this information through. And I've shared that framework freely and you can use it or you can modify it or you can completely ignore it. It makes no difference to me. I'm just on here thinking out loud, trying to process things out loud and give anyone who listens information that you can process and think, okay, I see why she would think that, or well, I don't know if I agree with that. You can do whatever you want with it. And I'll just keep talking about what I'm thinking and, and you're free to ad- agree or disagree. And if you disagree, I would like, I sincerely would like to know why, um, because I'm always open to changing my mind about things. I have changed my mind about things and about people and so on. So, um, you know, always feel free to leave a comment if, if you think I'm missing something. Um, okay. So let's see what else is still on the list. Oh, so related to the whole thing. Okay. So let's say that, let's say that I'm wrong. We're wrong. You're wrong, whatever. And Trump is not a good guy. Okay. What would I do differently in my life right now if I discovered that? Well, obviously I'd write less positive things about him clearly. Um, but would it change anything in my faith? No, it would have, it would have no impact on my faith, my doctrine, the practice of my faith, my church life. It, it wouldn't, it would have no impact there because I'm just living out my faith in the midst of whatever is going on. Would it change how I handle my day-to-day life? my homeschooling, um, no, wouldn't have any impact there. Would it change my financial choices? It might change some things there that I would say that's the one area where I might make some different choices, but not necessarily. Um, I would say that would be the one area where I might make some different choices. Um, but I'd have to sit down and think that through 
when that reality came to pass. But it wouldn't change anything to do with my faith. It wouldn't change my family life. It wouldn't change my homeschooling. It wouldn't change um, my blogging. You know, it would change some of the content on this website because then I would start writing about things from a different perspective. But beyond that, it wouldn't change anything. So if I'm wrong about him, then it's not going to change how I live my life very much. I think it would probably be a little depressing because that would mean that these people who are currently in charge, um, currently are in charge and have no checks on them, which I don't think is true because we know about the the executive orders and we know about the PEDS and we know about all sorts of things that there's clearly some kind of control that Biden and his administration are not fully in control. That's very clear once you start looking at what's happening and not happening. Um, but anyways, that's another little thought exercise for you. If you found out, you know, tonight, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Trump was working with the WEF, what would, what would you do differently in your life? You know, you could ask yourself that, you know, if, if you're, if I'm wrong, you're wrong, how would you change things? I guess you could plan for that contingency maybe, but, um, beyond that, it really wouldn't change my day-to-day life. I might, I probably shut down my true social account. Well, actually I might not. I might stick around and watch the fireworks. So I, I might not even do that. You know, it's just, yeah, so. That's something you can ask yourself, you know, is your faith in Trump or is your faith in God? You know, are you living your life according to what Trump is doing or according to what God's called you to do? And, you know, for me, it's I'm just following God and trying to figure out what's going on in my world at the same time. It wouldn't change a whole lot, I don't think. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the, the financial situation. And probably by the time I make this and put it up, something else will have happened. But um, I had a couple of thoughts just going to throw out there. So in the, um, the post called, let's see, I think it's the are we watching the controlled demolition of the banking system? Let me pull this one up. Yeah, in this one. Okay, so in this post, there is, um, that's where I put the Peter Thiel, the tweet about Peter Thiel. And then I've got embedded a Devolution Power Hour that was quite good. And then in the comments, I put uh, a link to Business Insider about Thiel, and then a tweet about President Trump saying that, you know, if Biden gets elected, everything's going to crash. And then I put a screenshot in, (coughs) excuse me, just a moment. I put a screenshot in from Just Human. And I'm going to read this in case you haven't read it, because it's going to tie in with what I want to say. So he says, for your consideration, SVB is massively invested in China, has joint ventures with them. They were recently subpoenaed in the U.S. Virgin Islands Epstein case. They are super woke. 
choice bank of the failing tech oligarchs. Oh, and connected to the Russian swamp as well. So SVB is in the Silicon Valley, Chinese and Russian swamps. Silvergate Bank was crypto crooked. Signature Bank had Barney Frank on the board and is connected to the FTX scandal. The draining of the Russian swamp, which is happening right now under the guise of task force klepto capture, and the decoupling from China, which has been happening since Trump's first term, plus the interest rates going up, plus Moody's downgrading SVB, set SVB and a number of other banks upon the pyre. Then Trump ally Peter Thiel withdrew everything from SVB and announced it. That lit the blaze. We are watching a controlled burn fam. Okay, so yeah, these banks that went down, Signature, um, Silicon Valley, and then you got the FTX. These people, these, um, these organizations are all tied in to the swamp corruption in a, in a major way. And I mean, you could look up a lot of this online, but it's all connected. And then the FTX, we know that FTX was used in a significant way for laundering money through the Ukraine. So I said to David that this is how I'm seeing things right now. And I could be totally wrong, but I'm just going to throw this out there as a possibility. So we know that Trump put executive orders in place. And I did not take the time to look up the number, but it has to do with seizing the assets of people and organizations involved in human trafficking and all this kind of stuff. Biden canceled a lot of Trump's executive orders, but that one did not get canceled. Um, we also would assume that whatever they are trying to accomplish, and by they I mean the good guys, whatever they are trying to accomplish, they want to inflict minimal damage on the already traumatized and exhausted and demoralized average people of this country. People like you and me, people like your siblings, you know, my fellow church members, you know, whatever it is. Um, the whole point of going through this is to free us from the control of these central banks. So they have to balance taking out all of these people who are corrupt and who are facilitating all this while not destroying everything um, and destroying all the regular people in the process. I mean, it doesn't help your cause if, you know, the savers, the people who have saved their entire lives and are you know, about to retire or retired, if they get wiped out, it's not going to help your cause in the long run. So as David said, you know, they're trying to do this with surgical precision. And I think that's exactly right. They're trying to, they have to take out as many people as possible who deserve to be taken out while protecting as many people as they can, who really are. I mean, the country is very demoralized because all they see is this blatant corruption and people getting away with all of this stuff, whether it's the elections, whether it's bailing out, you know, 
tech people and Oprah and Prince Harry and Meghan or whatever. I mean, it you see the train derailment in Ohio and those people are left with nothing. They, they don't even bother visiting them. There's no federal help coming in. I mean, it is incredibly demoralizing for the average American. So there has to be a way that they are doing this to help the average American or there will be nothing left to save in this country on the other side. I mean, it really is to that point. So I, my, I've got a couple thoughts. So a lot of the people who are involved in the SVB um, were probably also not corrupt. Like, for example, I read that the vast majority of the wineries in California were in SVB. Okay, I'm going to assume that not all of them are money laundering corrupt organizations. Well, that, you know, you don't want to take out all of those people and so on. So there is a reason they did the bailout. We'll see what it is. Now, the other thing is there's been a big um, rush for people to move their money out of smaller regional banks and put them in the quote unquote, too big to fail banks. So Bank of America and JP Morgan and, and so on have seen a huge influx of money, <clears throat> excuse me, over the past couple of days. Now, if you want to take the other view, some people are saying this is being done deliberately to force people into um, fleeing smaller regional banks that are less controlled, credit unions and so on, <clears throat> and getting people to put them put their money in the too big to fail banks as a way of more easily ushering in the CBCDs, central bank or CBDCs, central bank digital currency. So that's an angle that's out there as well, that this is being done deliberately in a hurried way to get people to lose confidence in smaller banks, local banks, credit unions, and put their money under the control of the big banks where they think it will be safer, but actually it will be weaponized against them to move the country into central bank digital currency, which basically is just the beginning of a social credit system. So there's that angle as well. Um, so those are a couple of things you can keep an eye on. I also had the thought that, you know, all this stuff happened and they, they bailed out these people who had no right to be bailed out legally, which has really upset a lot of people, but apparently not enough people because it's like just business as usual. Although I think a lot of people are just super angry and don't know how to take out their anger because what can you do? Now imagine if people flock to these too big to fail banks thinking they're safer because the Fed or the Treasury or whatever is going to bail them out. The FDIC is going to bail them out. It's all the same organization, whatever. Um, then imagine if they let one of the two big to fail banks fail after people flocked there thinking their money would be protected. I mean, you just don't know what what they might be doing, either side, good or bad. 
Um, and I don't give financial advice. It's bad enough making our own decisions. And I don't, I do not give financial advice. I've made that very clear. So um, I'm, I have no opinion I'm going to share about what anyone should do with their money. But those are just some thoughts I have that, you know, and Burning Bright said the other night, whatever the plan is, if the plan means that I end up, that I and my family end up starving and destitute, then it's not a very good plan. And that's the point that I was making, that they have to thread the needle in such a way that they don't destroy the people who are the backbone of this country while taking out all of the people who are the root of all the corruption and the money laundering and the treason and, and all of that. So, um, you know, you just have to decide what you're comfortable with. I think I have mentioned we are, we are in credit unions. We have been, we have one credit card that's with a top bank and, and that's it. Um, Otherwise, we are all, we've, we've moved everything to credit unions, mortgage, car, everything. So um, that's not financial advice. I'm just saying that's what we have done. Um, and fortunately, you know, we're not rich, so we don't have to worry about where to park our money. So that's one less thing we have to worry about. That's like the least of our concerns. So um, if, you know, anyone listening to this has a lot of money, then you have my sympathies trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, in fact, last night, if you want to watch it, there was a, a Liberty and Finance and Andy Sheckman was on and he was talking about, um, he's had a lot of uh, mid seven, I think he said mid seven figure sales. And he told the story, he had one guy who wanted to buy $5 million dollars he didn't say if it was gold or silver or both. He just said he wanted to make a $5 million purchase. And the bank gave him the runaround. It would not wire the money. Would not wire the money. Finally, they got it wired on Monday. But in the meantime, whatever he bought, the price had gone up. And so it cost him an extra $200,000 or something. And he told the story that, uh, the stories that um, banks are refusing to wire money um, for people trying to purchase precious metals, which is really interesting. And he said he's never seen anything like this. He's been in this business for decades and he's never seen banks refuse to wire money to purchase. And it's not like they're wiring it to Nigeria. This is a well-established company, you know. So um, there's just all sorts of things going on. It, it's pretty crazy. All right, let me take a look at my notes here and see if we've hit all the highlights. Um, the only other thing I would I would mention is um, Ed Dowd. If I don't know if you follow him or not, but he's um, on Twitter and and still he and his team are processing the actuary numbers and the government numbers on disabilities and death. And he had a new report coming out. I haven't looked at anything about it yet, but he said, I think it was the disabilities is like the equivalent of an 11 Sigma event. It's so far out of standard deviation. It's not even like 
comprehensible or you can't even comprehend it. So if you're on Twitter, um, you can always look up Ed Dowd, Ed, D-O-W-D. Um, but the disability numbers are horrific and they are in the working, the empl- young employed numbers. And it's really bad. Um, numbers about, uh, numbers in Australia and New Zealand are really bad. Uh, the mortality rates are massively above historic averages. Um, and then also Naomi Wolf put out a substack last week, I believe, um, apologizing to, to basically, if I remember correctly, I don't have it pulled up, apologizing to, um, I should have pulled it up if I was going to talk about it. Let me see if I can find it real quick. It's an apology. Oh yeah. Dear conservatives, I am sorry. Or I apologize. Pulling it up real quick. It's at naomiwolf.substack.com. It's called Dear Conservatives, I Apologize. My quote team was taken in by full spectrum propaganda. Uh, I'll read just the first little bit here. There is no way to avoid this moment. The formal letter of apology from me to conservatives and to those who put America first everywhere. It's tempting to sweep this confrontation with my own gullibility under the rug to move on without ever acknowledging that I was duped and that as a result, I made mistakes in judgment and that these mistakes multiplied by tens of thousands and millions on the part of people just like me hurt millions of other people like you all in existential ways. But that erasure of personal and public history would be wrong. I owe you a full-throated apology. I believed a fair go of lies, and as a result of these lies and my credulity, and the credulity of people similarly situated to me, many conservatives' reputations are being tarnished on false bases. Um, the proximate cause of this letter of apology is the airing two nights ago of excerpts from tens of thousands of hours of security camera footage from the United States Capitol taken on January 6, 2021. And she goes on. And this is mostly about um, the January 6 stuff. I mean, she's already fully awoke to the, um, the jabs. And I mean, she's been on the front line of that with her huge team of researchers going over the Pfizer and Moderna information and, you know, the, what it's doing to women and babies in particular. Um, so she's been wide awake to that. Um, she's, so this, um, substack is about why, you know, believing the, the narrative in the media about January 6th, And, you know, when I read it, I said to a friend in a, in a chat that, um, she's, she's getting there. She's not fully there, but she's getting there. And later on, you know, she talks about, um, I believe the stories about Hunter Biden's laptop were Russian propaganda. Dozens of former Intel officials said so. Johns Hopkins University said so. Um, I believed all this until it was debunked. I believe that President Trump's campaign included with Russia until that was 
assertion was dropped. And she's got links to, you can fact check all of this stuff. I believe that President Trump was a Russian asset because the legacy media I read said so. I believed in the entire Steele dossier, dossier until I didn't because it all fell apart. Um, I believed President Trump instigated the riot at the Capitol because I did not know that his ad admonition to his supporters to assemble peacefully and patriotically had been deleted from all of the news coverage that I read. Those of you who have been on this with me since we were on Locals, we saw we saw the tape and we discussed how it was it looked like it had been pre-recorded actually of Trump telling everyone go home and that was scrubbed from Twitter. So not only did he tell people to walk peacefully and patriotically down to the Capitol to make their voices heard when all the stuff started happening, which we now know was caused probably by other people. Um, he put out a video, video telling people to go home and what happened? Social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them, they took, they, they took it down and would not allow it to be aired. So a lot of people probably like Naomi Wolf never saw that. We saw it the day it happened. We've known since January 6th that that video existed because we were on pretty sure at that point locals. I don't think I was on telegram at that point. There are people who literally just saw that video for the first time last week. You know, so they didn't know if, if you did not dig to find these things, you did not know. Um, so she is, um, she's getting there. She said, um, she said, I don't like president Trump parentheses. Do I not? Who knows? I have been lied about to about him so much for so long. I can't tell whether my instinctive aversion is simply the habituated residue of years of being on the receiving end of lies, end of parentheses. But I like the liars who are our current gatekeepers even less. So she's, um, she's there. She talked about, uh, journalism and I don't know if you watched any of the, <laughs> The congressional hearings last week when they brought in Matt Taibbi and um, I can't remember his name, Michael Schellenberger. Um, Barry Weiss was not there, but it was it was the two guys. And these are lifelong Democrats, highly respected journalists. I mean, these people have been these two guys have been journalists for literally decades. They're known to be left of center. And the Democrats if you haven't watched them, you need to watch the clips. The Democrats were like insisting that they reveal their sources and all this stuff. So, I mean, they were like, the two journalists were like laughing at the absurdity of what the Democrats were asking of them and trying to pressure them to do. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking, what is it like to be Naomi Wolf or these two guys? And I'm not belittling them in any way. Understand that what it has to be like for them to sit there and realize that the party that they've been a part of all these years has totally become everything they despised. Okay. Now we've already kind of gone through the process of realizing so much of the garbage about the GOP and all that. So we've already been through that process. 
they're, but they're still in the process of figuring out how badly damaged the Democrat Party is. And what's it going to be like for them if we're right and President Trump is doing something really good and they have to realize, like Naomi admitted here, that, you know, I don't want to put words in her mouth. I want to um, say exactly what she said. She said, um, she says she dislikes. She says, I don't like President Trump. That's how she worded it. Well, but she admits, maybe I don't even know who he is. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, yeah. So anyways, we will stop with that. I need some lunch and I need to get this up for you all. Um, thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. And I hope this was helpful and gives you some new things to think about. I hope you like the new um, format and way I'm go way of going about things on the website. Um, I think this will be will be good and um, yeah. So we'll go from there. So have a great day and take care, and we will talk again soon. Bye bye.